And now it's time for Half Hour to Health. Sit back, relax, and find out how you can live a better life. Here's your host for Half Hour to Health, Dr. Stephanie. With Dr. Brooke this morning from Crossroads Chiropractic. Good morning. Good morning. And we have a very special guest in the studio with us today, Nurse Sophia Joyle. Good morning. Good morning. It's so so good to see both of you. (laughs) It's so great to have you here. We have a super fun show and while it might sound like it's all for the women, it's really not. Mm-mm, not at all. We are Please talking, stick around. Yeah, we are talking birth and supporting the birth process um, and planning for birth through making your own birth plan. Like It sounds all girl-related, but it is so important for the male supporters to be part of the process. 100%. There's a lot of research that shows how much that first time involvement really plays into long-term bonding with that child. So great show happening today. Why don't you start us off and tell us you're currently working towards the midwifery certification, but you're already a doula, you're already a nurse. What's going on in your life? Oh my goodness, what isn't going on in my life? Um, Well, I'm Sophia. I'm a nurse. Um, I'm also a birth assistant. So I work for a home birth practice out of Amherst. Um, I'm their, I'm their kind of what they call a baby nurse. Um, but whenever we have a birth, so, um, if there's a home birth, I get called out to somebody in labor, um, take care of them throughout their labor and birth process, help them with that transition and that neonatal transition. And then we kind of do some postpartum support and I'm also a doula. Um, but with that home birth practice, I'm a birth assistant nurse. Um, I'm also a student nurse still, (laughs) always, (laughs) um, but yeah. Awesome. So working towards that midwife degree, definitely. Okay, so I'm the old lady in the room now. Um, I had two births, both with midwives. They were amazing. One was a midwife in the hospital. That was Brooke over there. Now me. A doctor. Crazy. (laughs) Life marches on. As I said, I'm the old lady in the room. Um, And the second birth was at a birth home in Hopkinton. That unfortunately is no longer there. But the process of working with a midwife, totally life-changing. So when you first meet with a client and you're talking with them about how to plan for birth, what exactly is a birth plan and how should people get started? So there's tons of different ways to approach birth planning. Um, As a doula, I also host, um, and a nurse, I host birth empowerment workshops and birth planning workshops, all those sorts of educational side of it. Um, But with birth planning, it really starts with recognizing what you do and don't want out of this journey. Um, There's so many options nowadays. Um, You can have either a very medicalized birth or a very not medicalized birth. Um, Typically, I was trained primarily in physiologic birth. So um, with home births, you know, we don't do epidurals. We don't do any severe... um, interventions. Um, A lot of the interventions that we do are on low-risk clients. We don't really work with anything um, high-risk. But there are definitely providers that do work with that. Um, It really depends on your situation. So when I work with clients, we really look at their whole picture. Same with like, you know, chiropractic care. What is the whole picture to this person um, and what their goals are? So part of that um, empowerment workshop that I work on um, is working through those questions of what are your goals? What are your ambitions? What are your thoughts on these interventions? And, um, you know, how, how you plan on integrating those into your journey? 
So what's what's something that the average person is looking to accomplish in their birth process? Because births can look very different. But for someone that's approaching you that maybe wants a more holistic birth, mm-hmm. what are they looking for? They're looking for that lower intervention, um, more recognizing the evidence. I feel like nowadays with all the different resources we have available, we are seeing the evidence behind our actions as providers and as birth supporters. Even if you're not necessarily the person that's birthing or the provider, even if you're just a support person in the room, we're seeing how much that impacts the long-term support of this family unit. Um, With that birth planning side of it too, we also talk about knowing your interventions. So I also teach a newborn procedure class as well. So I host classes for clients about newborn procedures and what the newborn procedures are that are offered in those first couple weeks and those first couple hours postpartum and what that science is behind those as well as the screenings in pregnancy. So we really dive into all those things that occur in that entire span to really break down what you do and don't want because you're able to refuse anything that you don't feel is right for your family. So you really focus on understanding people, understanding what's going to happen to them yeah, and their and boundaries the and their boundaries. That's super empowering because I don't really know how many other people educate the mom and the family on those options. Um, and I know that, you know, post birth, those procedures, if you're not really thinking about those, you had mentioned earlier um, when we were chatting off air that um, sometimes you prepare for the birth, but you don't really prepare for post-birth. Oh, I love this and part. I know oh. we're going to get to talk about the post-birth later, but oh. um, I think that's really important that you know women and families are understanding what their options are and their opportunities to be able to um, to voice their their needs and their wants. Yeah. So run us through real quickly. What are the actual benefits to a natural birth? There's a lot. Oh, my goodness. I, that in and of itself could just be its entire hour. An entire show. A, yes. That, run us quickly. I feel like that is just. things happen in a natural birth. I feel like for that, it's that self-success and that self-gratification. I feel like if you come out of your birth process feeling empowered, feeling like, I did that. Whether it was a belly birth or well, whether it was a vaginal birth, you welcomed a new little one into this world. And sometimes people think that, you know, oh, I got an epidural, I failed. And that's not a failure by any means. That is something that you did to get one step closer to meeting your baby. That shows how much of a dedicated parent you already are. And I just, it's so hard to sometimes see parents that are like, oh, I didn't get that successful physiologic birth. I didn't, you know, I didn't have that fetal ejection reflex. I didn't have those things. And it's, it's not necessarily meaning that you're a failure. And that's, I feel like that's such a good part of understanding parenting, too. When you look at your birth and you look at what happened, how much your birth translates into your parenting and into your ability to recognize patience and recognize that things are not going to go always how you plan and that that's okay. That's empowering to, to, to realize that things change in a moment in the birth process and while you may set out for a certain birth outcome, it might look different and to be patient with yourself and patient with the process and, and not lay blame. Yeah, it's a lot of the things that happen are, are no one's fault. And it's so hard to, you know, we transfer in home birth sometimes and that's okay. And sometimes that is what's necessary for the safety of everybody. 
Um, and that's another reason when we talk about birth planning and we talk about the partner involvement, we bring into the fact of calling, if you're doing like a home birth, right, the other safety side is calling your local EMTs and firefighting stations and say, hey, I'm planning a home birth at this address. I have a due date on this day where we have this provider, but we just want you to be aware. And a lot of the times, you know, we never call them. And it's amazing. And that kind of reminds them that, you know, not all births are emergencies. But when we do call them, it kind of gives them a little edge to know that there is somebody planning a home birth at this location. And if you're a really rural New Hampshire person, it makes it a lot easier for them to kind of prepare for that transition and make that a safer place for you. So what are some of the advantages of planning and actually doing a home birth? I feel like a lot of it is autonomy. I feel like a lot of the providers I've worked with, they provide so much more education opportunities as well as autonomy. So in that informed shared decision-making process, they are doing these prenatal appointments that are not just a half hour, but sometimes even two hour long prenatal appointments that allow for those questions and allow for those discussions so that these families can come into this space knowing what's going to happen, knowing the process, knowing what's, you know, what we bring for tools, what we bring for knowledge. And um, it just allows so much more space for them to come into it, even knowing their own environment. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I couldn't imagine going into a random environment with people I've never met and having the most vulnerable experience of your life. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I feel like from um, patients and people that I've talked to that have had home births, it feels a lot more empowering because you go into that journey with a lot more education. And that's so clear because, you know, you pour into them so much more education than you possibly could get um, during, you know, the that more medicalized procedure and option in the hospital. I also hear so much about um, having a more supportive advocate's nearing near you during that journey and during that process and guiding you through different birth positions oh my goodness and, yes um, ways that they can support you better than you know laying on a, on a hospital <laughs> bed you know? yeah it's very different so in the out of hospital setting even in the hospital setting so as a doula I work in and out of hospital mm-hmm. so in a hospital I can't be a nurse I sadly don't work for the hospital as a nurse I can't be in the nurse capacity in that space but I can be a doula in both Um, So while I am a nurse out of hospital, I am also a doula in hospital. So a lot of the things we do in hospital, we tailor those interventions to help you guide baby out. As a doula, um, those positions and even chiropractic care prenatally are just wonderful ways of birth planning. You know, you may not be making that document, but showing up to those prenatal appointments, showing up to that chiropractic care, educating yourself on birth positions, trying them out. Like so much of that is birth planning. And Mm -hmm. I feel like some people are like, well, I did. I didn't write my birth plan and that's okay if you didn't write that one page document that you send out that's okay but you still took the time to recognize that planning process for yourself yeah and support your body the best to be yes. prepare for birth that's a huge part of birth planning if we're going to talk about that for sure yeah and we could have a whole show just on, on how to prep your body for and birth prep, including nutrition and water intake and exercise and chiropractic care so that the pelvis is in its best shape and alignment for birth Oh my goodness, Stephanie, I have seen, I have actually witnessed people get adjustments while they're in labor and the magic that it does Mm -hmm. is I really wish that they had a chiropractor at every single birth. Same with a doula. I feel like every single birth should have a doula and a chiropractor (laughs) and a reflexologist and an acupuncture, all the things, all the things, (laughs) the The whole thing. We're all about holistic ways of supporting 
I've even a woman had a, and the baby during that birth process. Yeah, I've even had a client who was a chiropractor who adjusted me in labor, which was incredible. Um, I just chiropractic and birth. I feel like have always been this perfect alignment <laughs> together. Yeah, if if the listeners are listening, they're like, "Wow, chiropractic care for pregnant women." Um, great resources: the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association website, ICPA for Kids. Dot org or icpa4kids.com. Um, both websites have some great resources. Uh, some of them are a little more tailored for a practitioner as far as research, but if you're into reading research, it is there for you at the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association websites. And now back to Half Hour to Health with your host, Dr. Stephanie from Crossroads Chiropractic. We are here with Nurse Sophia Joyle. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so you're a birth assistant on your way to being a midwife and also a doula. You've been working in and out of the hospital settings, helping women birth um, for quite some time now. And we've been talking about planning the birth, like actual planning. Yes. Um, it's a brilliant idea to write it down. It's a brilliant idea to let everyone in on it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So we always talk about it, you know, not wanting to be more than one page. Um, a lot of people in the hospital, if it's more than one page, most of the time those any pages that go beyond one don't really get read. So um, one of the things that I've done for my clients is I've created a birth plan template. So I simplified it where all the interventions are laid out um, and it's yes, no of what they're comfortable with, areas to include comfort measures they want to include, positions they want to include, as well as newborn care and really important preferences. So if they want to keep their placenta, there's an area in there highlighted for them to write in there. This is a very important thing to me. Um, that's also available on my website that I share with people. Um, there's all that kind of template stuff. And what's the website? NurseSophiaBirth.com. Okay. Yeah. NurseSophiaBirth.com. So exciting. Great resources there. Uh, but with with birth planning, I feel like it's so important to also recognize the planning for postpartum because postpartum goes far beyond six weeks. You know, they always say, oh, postpartum is the first six weeks. No, it's not. It extends far beyond that. Um, and I feel like we also talk about birth planning. I explained this to Brooke a little bit. Um, but the idea of it being a wedding and a marriage. So Birth and postpartum is similar to wedding and marriage. When you think about how you plan, you know, people spend years sometimes planning for weddings and planning for this one single day. And sometimes that day, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if it's going to rain. You don't know if it's going to all of a sudden have some crazy thing happen. You can only plan for what you know could happen. So we talk about planning for the interventions, talking through the newborn procedures together, and really diving into that information. You spend a couple days talking about that and setting up your plan. After that, though, we're going to spend a lot of time preparing for that postpartum. And that's where that village support and those people that aren't necessarily the birthing person come in to really support this transition for these families. Awesome. So what kind of support does a woman and the new baby need? Sometimes it's just to listen. I feel like a lot of people, I feel kind of get unsolicited advice so being very mindful of the advice that you give and in the space that you give it these are still new parents and new people that are trying to learn and while sometimes a lot of the advice that is so helpful sometimes it's helpful to do the thing silently and not always voice it to someone that's sleep deprived and hungry 
you know. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Um, when I was through throughout chiropractic college, we had a lot of new moms and pregnant women um, because just like you, some people have um, <laughs> started their families while they're in graduate school and at chiropractic college. And it was it was oftentimes the unsolicited advice that really um, became challenging for moms to be able to navigate and was really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And so I hear a lot on social media or in person to, to mind your comments and yeah. understand the advice that you're giving and that sometimes they just not are, they're not in that place to be receptive to that advice, even if you have, you know, the best, uh, the best, best advice intentions. and oh, intention to intentions. give them. Uh, so that's a really great point to just be aware that um, they're not in the, quite the same place as y- you may have been. Yeah. And to also think of like, how can I best support you? Like, mm-hmm. what are your needs? What are your boundaries? Also, I've had a lot of postpartum families that stay with the birthing parents in their home. So especially for like home birth families or even families that are you know birthing in the hospital, they have their family staying with them in their home immediately. And sometimes it, it, it's bad. really hard because it doesn't create that healthy boundary of I can come and support you and then you can have your own space. It's almost like they feel like they need to host and they need to host. And it, this is their time to rest, not host. So being mindful of, you know, if you stay really local, like a hotel, Airbnb, something local, and then, you know, if they need help at midnight, you can come over at midnight to support, but then you can go back home or stay somewhere else. So they're not feeling the need to um, entertain you. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's exhausting when you're trying to deal with a newborn feeding every two to three hours. And then that also disrupts, you know, their nerve nervous system and their ability to form that good pattern because they're, you know, having additional people in that space too, while they're trying to regulate. Mm-hmm. So ways to support the mom and the new baby. Food. Oh, so perfect. Talk to me yes. about food because yes. I feel like that's something yes. everyone can contribute to. Oh, yeah. you read my mind, Dr. Stephanie. So we talk a lot. I learned about this, I believe, from an evidence-based birth podcast as well. But they talk about friends or feelings, family, and food. So how are you fueling yourself with food? How are you talking about your feelings? And how are you supporting yourself with your family and your village? So food, when we talk about food, that is so important. If you're talking about meal trains, setting up abilities for them to have those one-handed snacks. I also have a handout on like nourishment abilities. So simple nourishment ideas that are one-handed, that have great protein, low sugar, but still have some sugar. um, That they can have, you know, one-handed while they're breastfeeding or chest feeding. Because that alone it's really hard to eat it, you know, if, if you bring a wonderful lasagna, that's great, but they have to pull it out of the freezer, stick mm-hmm. it in the oven and cut it up. If you do the smaller portion thing, something that's a smaller portion that they can, you know, heat up one for lunch versus an entire big dish that they get sick of real quick. <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> Those yeah. little tiny dishes. There's a lot of little hidden tricks of food prep um, that I, I just, it's a great postpartum doula task as well. So I also do that as well. So postpartum doula work and support. So coming into families' homes to do dishes, laundry, anything that, you know, they necessarily don't have the space to do right now because they're caring for this new being. Wow. That's amazing. I should have had a doula. Right? Everybody should have a doula. Thank you, Dr. (laughs) Stephanie. Yes. (laughs) I've recently seen a lot of, um, you know, within the chiropractic circle, some women posting, you know, their food allergens and mm. the things that they are sensitive to, because sometimes, you know, allergies or sensitivities come up while they're pregnant and throughout that journey. And so when it's coming closer to that due date or mom goes on maternity leave, um, posting, you know, their address where food can be dropped off to and the specifications of how you could help provide nourishment to that new mom um, to be able to support them. So I thought that was really cool to think about if you're 
starting your own family to um, to post that or create that opportunity for people to give and support you. I do kind of like a bingo with clients. So I've created mm-hmm. almost like a, a bingo card where it has all sorts of meal ideas. And we try and think about like a gluten-free one and then we have, you know, vegetarian ideas too. But you get a card that you fill out together of all your favorite meals. And then you send that card out and on the top of the card it has like the address or, you know, the location you want to send it. And then the families can kind of cross it off and it's it's a fun way of you can cross it off yourself too. And it kind of reminds them online of, hey, somebody already got this one. You're going to have to get this get one now. <laughs> like you got to get a coverall, you know, but we don't want to have the same spot, you know, all the time. <laughs> the same I like food it. all the time. That's oh, such yeah. a great idea. And also like those fun postpartum templates. I just... It's really fun. It's fun to be for for you organized gals. It's very satisfying to <laughs> see it. Can you tell we're type A personalities? I guess it's just a right across from me. <laughs> I won't lie. I love a good checklist. I love crossing things off my list. Speaking of list, a home birth checklist or a birth kit list, I think is a whole other side of it. So birth kit list and postpartum kit list of like what you really want close by to you in those transitions. If you were giving birth tomorrow, what would you be putting on your checklist? Oh my goodness. A provider. Because <laughs> I've had no prenatal care. <laughs> um, oh, I'm kidding. But your biggest recommendations <laughs> to families, to mom. I'm trying to think. I feel like I really, I love scents. I feel like scents really help me kind of get into that zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend getting, um, it's almost like a pill organizer. And every section of that pill organizer, you get like a cotton ball. And you put an aroma, like an essential oil, on that cotton ball and you close it. And then each section has, like, its own scent. Wow. And Because sometimes when you have a diffuser, you have the diffuser going. And the entire room all of a sudden smells like lavender. And then you don't want to smell lavender anymore. And you can't get it out of the air. So I have found that if you get it in almost like that pill container and you pop it open and you smell what you want to smell and you can put it away, I feel like that's been the most helpful Wow. That's something I never would have thought of. But now I remember being pregnant and like smells. You don't realize what's going to be terrible. It's a thing. (laughs) Like, yeah, I could be heard that from everyone. So that's Mm. great advice. That and a comb comb has been another one for like the nervous system pathway. If you have those pricks of the comb in your palm as you're squeezing during a contraction, those nerves get to your brain before your pelvic nerves will get to your Brain. Wow. So you kind of like cut off the, the highway of the nervous system. It's the tricks. It's there's ways of doing it without having something in your spine. Mm-hmm. I really value my spine, and I I think that um, it scares me some of the things that we don't talk about when we recommend interventions and mm-hmm. things that go into it. Most people don't know that epidurals contain fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that people don't talk about, mm-hmm. and that's something going into your spine. Also, well a leaky. A leaky spinal cord after and mm-hmm. headaches and soreness and pain in the lower back. I can't tell you how many women have come to me as a chiropractor and been like, yeah, so this has been since I gave birth and had a spinal two mm-hmm. years ago, four years ago, eight years ago. It's like, yeah, oh, OK, then that and the positioning like they they don't allow for as much because they're so limited in staffing in these hospitals. They don't allow for the time for these providers to basically be doulas and help people trans transition positions as easily. So they're really sticking to that, you know, mm-hmm. on your back, pushing uphill, basically, because your spine, the way you're shaped, if you're pushing on your back, you're pushing uphill. Mm-hmm. So you're pushing uphill numb. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> How does it that work? work so well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I love being a doula, and I feel like every single person could benefit from that additional support, even if it's just to talk to somebody postpartum. 
that that's another thing for partners i feel like they really need to listen to their partners sometimes they may seem like they're oh they're so tired they're just complaining no they're they may be experiencing that postpartum depression or postpartum not just necessarily blues but those really negative not safe emotions mm-hmm we could have a whole another show on the birth process because we haven't talked about placenta encapsulation. <gasps> I do that too. <laughs> I know. And there's so many benefits to some of the holistic things that we're doing at home with home births that you might not even be offered yeah. um, when you're having a hospital birth. So we're going to have to have you back. <gasps> please, please, please. I love a placenta hour. I feel like I just hosted a placenta class and I, I love them. Yep. For the listeners that aren't in the know, it's probably mind blowing right now. <laughs> but we will save that for another show. <laughs> so normal for Just us. Just dropping placental yeah. encapsulation. encapsulation. Yes. We're going to yes. leave it there. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. Of and um, your Thank website you. again, where people can get some more resources and get in contact with you. Of course. So my website is www.nursesofiabirth.com. And then my phone is 802-909-2848. So... Awesome. I also have everything website. on my website. Oh, yes, yeah. And Instagram, so all the social medias. <laughs> yes. You've got so many great informational opportunities to be able to learn a lot on your website. So definitely check it out. Thank check it out. you. Thank you Nurse, so much for being so here. So good to see you both. NurseSophiaBirth.com. Yes. Awesome. The show today is sponsored by Crossroads Chiropractic. This month, you can have a complete exam with any necessary x-rays at any of our four locations in Pembroke, Meredith, Epping, or now in Bedford. Give us a call at 603-575-9080. That's 603-575-9080. Or find us on the web at crossroadschiropractic.com. We'll see you next time here on the Pulse Network. You've been listening to Half Hour to Health with Dr. Stephanie from Crossroads Chiropractic. Be sure to tune in next week right here on the Pulse of New Hampshire.